0: The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the eat this podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. From her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Phillipson.
1: I have an inquiring mind. I want to know why, why this pain happens or why that symptom shows up and where did it all start? I'm fascinated by the health of the body and, well, just the whole human body. Since I started my career in nutrition in the late 90s, God, does that make me feel old, I've always done one-on-one consultation with clients. There's something about really getting to know the health history of someone that I just find fascinating. It's a really different situation to do a deep dive into the health issues, the symptoms that are affecting the quality of life. And then I get to guide people on their health journey. It can be a pretty windy road rather than a straight line. And rather than saying, hey, you're healed. Do you remember those like shows in the 80s where you kind of would smack someone on the head and say, okay, you're gonna be all better. You have been cleansed. That's it. That kind of thing where somebody gets up out of the wheelchair or something like that. This really takes time. Takes steps takes dedication and whether people say, I fell off the wagon or not, well, that's just all part of it and it's called life. In my early 20s, I worked on massive cruise liners and sailed all around North America. Back then, this was before I studied nutrition and I guess this was my first career, which was called beauty therapy. Now, because I did this in England, that's what they call it. That included massage, and I say that with a British accent, aesthetics. So that meant that I really specialized in skin. So I did facials, I helped clients with their scar, their congestion, congested skin of their face, their chest, their back, and I used to remove unwanted hair with electrolysis. I also trained in aromatherapy and reflexology and worked with many different skincare companies and all the extra courses that I did with them. I'm just like one of those, I just learn all the time. I was fascinated by all the different symptoms that I would see in people from their skin issues to their sore backs to their joints or whatever anything kind of showed up. I wanted to know where it all started and why. So I've always been asking questions. Mapping out really the whole body just led me to do something else that was a little different called reflexology and that's really to do with the feet and the whole body if you can believe it is mapped out on the soles of your feet and on the tops of your feet too. I ended up doing a specialty course, which blew my mind. It focused on fertility, pregnancy, and birth. And can you believe it? It ended up with many of my clients getting pregnant, going into labor easily, and not so many inductions when they thought that that's what was going to happen. So I don't know. I guess this stuff somehow works. Then after treating hundreds of bodies on the cruise ships, and I'm talking like 11 people a day while at sea, I realized that all I was doing was sort of on the surface. So maybe I was helping acne or the dull skin or the wrinkles and the aging that nobody wanted to see, even some scarring, you know, all of those things are on the outside. All the aches and the pains and the stiffness that I was trying to massage out of them. Well, it's nice that they got some relief, but there had to be more to it. I myself had a crisis point with my own health. My wrists and my arms were in terrible pain. And that led me to think, oh, this overworking of my body is also not working for me. So I started to look a little deeper and I somehow ended up in nutrition because I realized that eating is the most basic thing that we do every single day, multiple times a day. And My inquiring mind (laughs) thought, okay, if the food that we eat every day isn't right, then how can our bodies do what it needs to do without all of the issues coming up? So that's the journey of how I started focusing on food, bringing all my previous experience with me. And since now I have two kids, focusing on growing families have been a really big part of my career. And as my family has grown, then I've also done different things. But here I am. 20 years later talking to you on this podcast. You must have heard me mention so many times what I do with my clients and the trusting people that seek out my help and want to work together to improve their life in some way. So whether that's maybe more energy, better sleep, putting on weight, it does happen, or maybe losing weight. Maybe someone wants to lower their blood pressure, their cholesterol, or stop their cycle of food cravings that really run their day, they just don't like it anymore. I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people to help improve their habits by empowering them so that they know what to do throughout the day, how to change those habits. And then after the last 3 episodes being about nutrient deficiencies and how they can be showing up for you, I actually thought, well, how about we do a live consultation to see how all of this comes together? It would maybe be a good way to end this series, even though then I didn't really realize that's what it was when we first started this. So as I mentioned in episode 37, I believe it was, wasn't it, Chris, where I said if there's someone out there who'd be willing to be a guinea pig, I think, uh, you know, and come on the podcast and uh, do an episode about their health. And well, someone, they were a willing guinea pig and reached out. So today on Eat This with Leanne, the real life of Roseanne, all its unhealthy and healthy glory and all of that bits, all those normal life bits in between, how her life and her lifestyle challenges shape her eating choices and, of course, how her work that she does and is really busy with, how that impacts But really, most importantly, what can she do to get to her health goals and alleviate some of the symptoms that she has? So without further ado, let's talk to Roseanne. Welcome Roseanne to Eat This with Leanne. Thank you so much for reaching out on Twitter and being brave and vulnerable enough to share with not only all the listeners but also Chris and I all about your health and what it is that you want to get out of it. So I've got some details here that you shared with me. You're 46 years old, you're I, I wrote your current height because you might just grow a little bit more. Is five, five foot five? <laughs> That's as of today at forty six years old, um, and you're two hundred and fifty five pounds. So to start off, why don't you tell me a little bit about your health goals, and then we'll get a little bit more into your symptoms. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for responding and for including me
2: in this. And I'm hoping that you know, maybe by sharing my experience um, openly, I might be able to help somebody else. There's got to be more people just like me who've really done um, a whole lifetime of basically almost ignoring their body signals. So I think that that's really what, what um, brought me to this is listening to your podcast and hearing the things that for me resonated. I've, I feel like I've been struggling with weight and okay. eating my entire life. So starting at a young age, it was more of the eating, um, and, and the concept of what was good or bad, right. Labeling things. Um, okay. but definitely I've always, I've always struggled with weight fluctuations and massive ones, not a 10 pound fluctuation. It would be a swing of 50 to hundred pounds in one direction, 50 and a hundred pounds in another direction. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot better at at choosing better foods through taking my way through all these different diets. But I think that that's also skewed my perception of what my body um, really needs, wants and likes. And, And so for me now, I'd like to go back to I'd like to go back to the basics. Like I've accepted myself for who I am. I'm comfortable with the decisions I make. I own the decisions I make. But I'd like to kind of tap into where those decisions are taking my body and how my body is actually responding to the decisions I make in terms of food choices. Um, So right now, I think um, to make sure that I'm answering your question effectively as well, my goal right now is to really realign my body to, to being healthy, digesting effectively, and responding positively to the food choices
1: I make. That sounds fabulous. And thank you for articulating it like that. So tell me more about the symptoms that you are suffering with. So you've mentioned digestion. Is there anything? Do you want to start there maybe? Yeah, so I, I experience um, sometimes if, uh, and,
2: and I haven't quite been able to put my finger on it. So this is where I'm really going to need your expertise. Yep. Um, I, I experience an awful lot of symptoms. And when I pinpoint them, there are things like random swelling. I can start a meal with my fingers being normal sized where I see my knuckles. And by the end of the meal, they can be thick like sausages where you don't even see any wrinkling. Like they're just swollen. Um, Does that happen with a particular meal? Not, not that I've been able to pinpoint. Okay. I experience extreme itching wherever my body happens to like have a, a crease. So if you think your elbows, underarms behind my knees, waistbands, Etc. Not really sure what that means. That's kind of a weird one. <clears throat> I definitely will have, I mean, I've had two weight loss surgeries. So that definitely impacts the, the quantity of food I eat. However, I should be able to eat normal size portions. So okay. it definitely still is coming down to food choices and what that's doing within my body. Um, I don't respond very well at all to certain um, sugars. I definitely get very, very tired. Um, okay. and I mean, instantly. I have a I, I have a very immediate reaction to eating anything that's um, a strong sugar or carbohydrate. Within 20 minutes, I need to have a nap. Tell me what you call a strong sugar. Like a dessert. Um, if I had ice cream. Okay. Something like that.
1: Um, sometimes if I've had even pasta. So pasta and ice cream have that same effect where within 30, 20 minutes or so, you need to have a nap. Mm-hmm. Or I fight it very well with caffeine. Okay, yes, that's common. And you get through it after you've had the coffee?
2: I, I get through it, absolutely, with a little bit of persistence and, and that extra
1: boost of energy that the caffeine gives me. Okay, so you've mentioned so far swelling. Um, you've also talked about getting extremely itchy and then also this falling asleep, kind of after you've had some, some sort of carbohydrate or, or refined sugar, how is your digestion generally? Do you find yourself bloated? Um, do you have, do you have like IBS type symptoms or tell me a little bit about what's going on there?
2: Those are definitely starting to increase this year. Um, I've, I've noticed, um, I've been regular my most of my adult life. I'm a morning person. Absolutely have no problem going to the bathroom every morning. But what's been happening now is I can end up finding myself with severely um, loose stools five to seven times a day. And with no rhyme or reason that I can tell. Um, sometimes it comes after drinking. Um, you know, I, I do drink a lot of water. So sometimes I'll get a liter of water in and I get that urge the same way that people get it in the morning with their coffee and they have, they know they have to go. I
1: can get that from just drinking water. And is that an explosive bowel movement? It can be. Does it ever flip to constipation? Very rarely now. I don't ever experience
2: that typically more loose for me. That would be, Oh gosh, it has been a whole day since I've
1: gone that would be constipation. And you said it's been uh, the past year. Can you remember back to when this started? I noticed it most in March. Okay.
2: And um, it just happens to coincide with when I was traveling uh, and COVID was hitting. And it was one of those things that everybody was like, well, that's not a symptom. So I kind of like thought maybe it might be related to that. Okay. Um, and now I've been noticing it's much more digestive related. Okay. And
1: you said you were traveling in March. Where were you?
2: I was in Winnipeg, sunny, okay. Winnipeg, um, and I went there right after being in the Bahamas.
3: Did you notice any difference in the weather between the Bahamas <laughs> and Winnipeg? Just
2: a slight, a slight adjustment <laughs> to the temperature. Oh. Yeah.
3: Yeah, a few, a few less palm trees, right? Far fewer palm trees. A little less blue water, you can maybe. Still get a killer pina colada in Winnipeg. I've had one. Trust me. Oh,
2: you'll have to tell me where. I do go back. Wait, okay,
3: I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yes,
2: I want to make sure I can keep alcohol in my body. I think I'm. I'm also trying to figure out how I can live
1: with well, what I what I'm. Experiencing.
3: Oh, no, don't bring yeah. up alcohol in front of Leanne. Don't do
0: that.
1: No. <laughs> oh, we haven't got there yet, my friend. We will. <laughs> don't you worry. I'm assuming probably in her list of questions, so I'm, I'm trying to let her it's, pull them out of me. It's all good. We will get there, I promise. So for listeners, just so you know, normally during my consultation process, we're, I'm doing it a little differently today because this is more of a live type of thing. We'll be a little bit more all over the place, but in the end, I'm going to round it all up in a nice little box and put a bow on. It, just, so, just so you know. So, just follow along for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Eat This with Leanne podcast. Now, more with Leanne Phillipson.
1: So, you went from the Bahamas to Winnipeg. Were there any particular? Um, did you eat something and you felt a little bit, uh, you know, you had a digestive upset or was there a lot more stress going on? There tends to be a start point to most changes in most situations. That's why I'm asking. And mm. sometimes when we look back on that, you, then you think, oh, oh, yes, I had something or it just it's another clue. It's another sort of breadcrumb on the on me looking into your health in in a way that is hard to see for yourself. That's again, what I'm asking those questions.
2: Well, and you could be on to something absolutely because leading up to that, I mean, I do have a very stressful job, okay. very emotionally demanding, as well as um, time, it's demanding of my time. And considering I just come back from a two week relaxing vacation where I did not experience those symptoms as okay. prominently, you might be onto something with that stress level because the stress level clearly has not stopped since March 15th. So
1: when you got to Winnipeg, then it was, you hit the ground running and like stress went from laying on the beach with the pina colada to no pina colada in Winnipeg, but straight back to work. Right, and then if we think of what COVID has done, and I mean, my my
2: work has not changed per se. I still work from home, which I did long, uh, way back. Right. Um, however, of course, COVID brought its own challenges, a lot of stresses, strains. I, yeah, I mean, it, it very well could have also impacted um, how I make my choices now too.
1: But there was no particular food vomiting all of a sudden diarrhea you wouldn't had you know oysters fish or anything funny like that that nothing that you, that you could that, that you can that you can think of sometimes we don't see it either okay and um take me back to the finger swelling when did that uh when did that begin that I've noticed significantly consistently
2: since about 2012 The more hydrated I am, the more, um, the, the more long and I guess thin my fingers will be. And I thought it was completely due to hydration. Yeah. However, it doesn't seem to correlate anymore the same way I would think, oh, there's my cue. I need to drink water. Okay. I would drink water and my fingers didn't necessarily shrink. Sometimes I would eat something and they would shrink back
1: from where they were swollen before I ate. Okay, and can you think of anything that happened in 2012? Did it start as soon as you thought, wow, hang on a minute, what's going on with my fingers? I think that might've been more
2: when I noticed it. Um, okay. At that point, I was. Um, it was around the time when I was going for my, I was getting a body lift um, in 2011. So I did have a lot of um, skin removal, plastic surgery. It was a long surgery, but I don't necessarily know if that was impactful for it per se. Um, but definitely I did start noticing that that would be one of the key indicators, even though my weight wasn't changing, it would be something that would happen with my hands.
1: Okay. So 2011, when did you
2: have your surgery? It's a really good question. Definitely 2011. I can't remember. I've had quite a
1: few surgeries. Later. Okay. So like like November ish. Okay. And how did that surgery go? Any complications? Was there any antibiotics, infection? Anything that you can recall that was different from this particular surgery to the others?
2: I don't think so. I did. It was a long one. um, And uh, I know I did need a blood transfusion at some point. They said that my blood pressure did drop significantly, but my recovery was much faster than anticipated. And
1: how many surgeries did you have before that? I think my count now is around 14. Wow. And um, any since then? Uh, Knee surgery. When was that?
2: That was in uh, 2017, I tore my meniscus and got to go in and get that repaired as well, which has definitely impacted
1: my physical movement. Right. So the tired when eating um, carbohydrates, it sounds like, and sugars. Tell me a little bit more about when that started.
2: I I think it's been there for a long time, Leanne. I think that what ends up happening for me is I notice different things at different times. So it's definitely become a lot more prevalent in the last few years where if I've had something, for example, around, let's say one o'clock in the afternoon, and I realized it might've been too heavily loaded in carbs, it starts to feel like an overwhelming and uncontrollable need to go and lay down on my bed and close my eyes. Like I cannot keep my eyes open.
1: And this happens in the afternoon.
2: It it can happen. It can happen early evening if I have something sweet. So I feel this extreme desire to have something either sweet and, or um, something kind of sugary and it will definitely make me want to sleep. My blood sugars are fine. Like all my blood work always comes back completely fine
1: any timeline on when you remember that started it's definitely
2: been over the last like five or six years
1: uh talk me through the itchiness
2: that's a fun one I thought I was getting allergic to like elastics like uh, like, okay right you know because it was always starting at my waist and then it's um a rather embarrassing fact that our underwear as women has elastics around the legs and around the waist and then yep. everywhere the elastic touched, I'd need to scratch, which doesn't look great right. when you're scratching on either side of your crotch. <laughs> right. So that was when I really started noticing that being an issue. Then it was my bra line. I was like, I would get welts and they, they turn into like red, red swollen welts. Um, everything I Google, of course, cause we all Google, um, yep. everything I Google, nothing makes sense. When I look at pictures, none of them work for me. Um, and, uh, the more I scratched, the worse the itching got, like it, it was almost like a poison Ivy type itch. So now I've learned, I can feel that that desire to scratch in certain areas is there and if I if I take my elbow and I decide I want to scratch right here I can make the itchiness come back it doesn't always start with itchiness it's almost like I can almost prompt it to by touching in those areas it it brings it back to life and and it's like having poison ivy unbelievable I can I can take a hairbrush and need to scratch it to just kind of like get the feeling gone okay Um, And it's random. I don't know when it hits or why. You haven't noticed it ever get worse
1: with the sugary foods that you eat.
2: I would hate to say that um, I've never cut them out enough to know if that's the impact or not. Okay. I think that's probably probably the most accurate assessment I'd love to say that yes it does but I'm sure that you know I I definitely am not cutting them out long enough to be like oh
1: that's it it's never you've never been diagnosed with eczema have you used cortisone creams for it to ease the itch the welts? No, none of the doctors seem to think there's anything wrong with it. And did you change your, you know, this is a t- fairly typical question. You changed your washing powder and all those kind of things. And, and that's Not what the, exacerbated it. No, I've been, I've been faithful to my, my same detergent and same fabric softener my whole life. So unless okay. you're developing a resistance to it, it can happen. Oh. But I think the most interesting thing is, is how our body becomes less tolerant, let's say, and our chemistry is changing all the time. So things do tend to crop up, but it's more about what's happening on the inside than maybe something necessarily happening kind of on the outs- on the outside.
3: That's not fair. So, That's never fair, Leanne. I mean, we got, enough, we got enough changing outside <laughs> you know, my closet door here to let yeah. alone to have like World War Three going on in my body at the same time. I'm allergic to, to peanuts and, and, you know, it'd be nice to know that I'll be allergic to peanuts my entire life. That's easy to understand. To think that my body would suddenly flip on its head and now yep. I can eat peanuts?
1: How am I ever supposed to know that? Well, in your case, you wouldn't. But there are people who will go through most of their life and then go and eat a peanut and then all of a sudden have an anaphylactic reaction at right. like age 40. Exactly. Right? Isn't that crazy? That's not fair. I totally, I totally agree. But it shows you the tolerance of the physical body. There comes a breaking point where, as even say, Roseanne, with your digestive system, it just said, I can't cope. This is the point at which I have to show you, I have to talk to you and I have to say something different so that you sit up and listen because this is you know this is not working and considering age right and I'm hearing that when you're saying about
2: um, having things take time or your body starts to react later on all I keep hearing is once you
1: hit 40 things change oh, no 40, not necessarily. 40 no it could be once you hit 60 it could be once you hit 63 it's really a lot some of it comes down to genetics and then when those genes get switched on and then you start to see diabetes for instance sometimes it happens in 20 year olds and which is happening a lot more often now and sometimes it doesn't happen until you're 70. Mm-hmm. so I do believe that there is that global situation that whole picture of what's going on in the body but it really comes down to tolerance I do believe that the body is able to to heal itself but what are the obstacles in the way of healing itself that's why I do what I do to really like take that magnifying glass and work through and ask those questions to get to a point where you can say okay if we try and alleviate this obstacle then let's see what how your body responds and sadly in a lot of cases sugar is one of the biggest ones so we'll come on to that because I'd like to ask you a little bit more now about your diet. What is it that you're eating typically for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner? I know that you're on the road a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So take me through take me through like a kind of an, an average an average home day. Or what did you eat, say two or three days ago? I know you were on the road yesterday. So
2: I can absolutely tell you because I'm very very methodical that way and um, and yet somewhat haphazard in my um, routines. So okay. if that makes sense, I am a meal skipper. 910. Um, My breakfast consistently, um, when I'm at home, I love doing I have a a frozen blueberries I always keep in my freezer. Um, They're currently thawing I have not yet had
1: breakfast. So keep in mind it is noon. Okay. Hard we sometimes content. call that intermittent fasting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> whether whether it's conscious or not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's
2: unintentional. Um, I do wake up very hungry, but I usually end up getting involved in work or something else. So I have those blueberries thawing. I ch- tend to add a um, uh, healthy harvest cereal. They have it at Costco it comes. Uh, I love that cereal. Um, and I mix that with blueberries. That's my good breakfast. When I decide I don't want to have a good breakfast, or I feel like I need something more, I'll definitely fry a couple of eggs, and then put them on two pieces of toast and make like a
1: breakfast sandwich at home. I'm just going to pause there. The healthy harvest cereal, are you having that with milk or are you having that with yogurt? I don't use milk. Actually, I, I have the coconut silk
2: or I have cream um, half and half in the house. That's it. I don't I don't okay. have milk. And
1: then the two eggs and the two pieces of toast. What kind is that bread, please?
2: Always wet, uh, white bread.
1: At- okay. And then if you're on the road, what's breakfast look like then? Breakfast is
2: usually going to either be a Starbucks um, Starbucks breakfast sandwich, the um, the Gouda cheese one with I believe bacon on it, and a venti blonde with two cream. Or if I'm if I'm near a McDonald's, which I really dread McDonald's. Sorry, McDonald's. Um, I would have a sausage and egg McMuffin.
1: When you have one of these breakfasts, do you find your digestive system reacts differently? No, actually. Like I I don't tend to have any kind of
2: alternating reaction between the three of those. If I have the hash brown at McDonald's, definitely will get swelling, which was leading me to think potatoes were an issue for me, but
1: yet it's not consistent. Okay. Anything else between lunch, breakfast and lunch? Lots of coffee. Okay. How many coffees a day?
2: So I like um, these Starbucks cups. Say it's a grande and I probably have about four or five of those throughout my day and lots of water as well. I keep my trusty 950 mil cup and Great. I have about five of those a day throughout the day. So about five liters a day. I aim for four because I took that calculation that somebody had once said that you take your body weight and divide it in half and have that many mils and my body weight seems to be on the upper
1: end. Plus I have to account for wine. Okay. Yes. We haven't got there yet. We haven't, we haven't got to dinner. Okay. So, so lunch, what does lunch, what does lunch look like? (laughs) No, maybe towards the end of the day, I'm thinking that she's having coffee probably the most, I mean, she might have, have wine with lunch or something, but we haven't got, we haven't got there yet. Or it could be breakfast, but she didn't mention it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't start rumors. Oh no. Um, (laughs) Normal people have wine any time of the day. It doesn't just have to be late in the evening, Leanne. All right, all right. <laughs> Understood. Sorry. Assumption made there. I, I am on Team Roseanne right now.
2: <laughs> I try to balance my intake, but I don't balance it over breakfast
3: and lunch. I do kind of like balance it <laughs> at 5 p.m., but... You know, okay. I get it. You, I totally get it. You tell her, Roseanne. You tell her that's your wine. That's not her wine. That's your wine. And you've got water, and you've got coffee. It's all about balance. It's all about portion control, and I can't control my portions. So there's the problem with
1: the wine. But okay. <laughs> got it.
0: Okay. This is Eat This with Leanne.
1: So lunch, let's head back to lunch with or without wine. Yeah, well, no,
2: definitely without wine. So um, generally, though, I, I try, I mean, I try and keep healthy foods in the in the fridge. I have a 17-year-old who, you know, we share our meals, obviously, but I, I usually will end up skipping it if I'm not going to be making a healthy choice. I hate to say it. So that, um, a go-to if I'm working and I'm on Zoom calls, so I feel weird eating while I'm talking on sure. camera, right? It's really yep. it's weird. And so I can spend six hours a day on back-to-back zoom calls. So I will go and I'll grab a can of like, um, cream of mushroom soup, heat that up in, in a, a mug that I will add cream to if I am having it. Cause I want it to be decadent. Okay. Um, and I will have that for my, my lunch okay. Maybe along with, um, a cucumber. We, we always have cucumbers, tomatoes, and celery in our fridge. Those are the like, always, we never run out of those even when, when we have other vegetables. So
1: um, I'll okay. try and make myself have something like that but yeah so generally speaking lunch is maybe either not happening or if it is then you're having a can of of cream and mushroom soup with extra cream yeah. that's it okay yeah. and then um, afternoon anything or does it sort of straight to dinner
2: it goes straight to dinner um, so generally we do something um, on the you know the meat side i'm I, I love my steak um, okay. I also love doing, um, you know, when we do big salads, I'm talking like we'll make our own um, taco salad. So it'll be the taco meat, lots of um, lettuce, cheese. I make fresh guacamole. Everything I tend to do tends to be from scratch. We love chili in our house. So I always have loads of stuff in the freezer. I do a lot of pre-cooking and um, everything is generally from scratch. Lately, we've been doing Hello Fresh and I've been making mm. all the cooking. Um, so my meals have been very interesting and varied at dinner okay um but definitely much more on the on the protein side more so than the fresh vegetables um we like very rarely i'll have like steamed broccoli or or um you know roasted brussels sprouts with olive oil salt i love the extra and adding extra garlic and stuff but again it's um definitely much more meat based and just quickly because
1: I forgot to ask
2: this what time is breakfast that depends on what time I try to eat um, I do have my body telling me usually when I wake up around 6:30 um, 7 a.m that I'm hungry and it feels way too early for me to eat I don't trust that I will be able to stay within um, you know, normal parameters of eating. Like I worry sometimes, I think that if I start too early, I'm just going to stay on a tangent and keep eating all day. Interesting. Or if I okay. delay, I feel like I'm going to have a little more control. That's a, yeah, that's okay. a mental side of things. But so on average, I'd say probably around 10, 30 AM would be when I would aim to have
1: at least eaten. And then lunch, if it happens to 33. And then dinner. Uh, usually around seven, between seven and eight. Okay. And what time do you go to bed?
2: Hmm. That can range between eleven and one. Okay. And once you
1: get there, how do you sleep?
3: <laughs> With my phone attached to my hand. Um, oh, no. oh, really? What a, what a weird question. I mean, she sleeps <laughs> in a in a bed. Probably horizontally. Yeah. Like, what? How do you sleep? I like do you mean, how Chris. do you sleep? <laughs> how
1: do you sleep? Do you do you fall asleep easily? Do you oh. stay asleep? Do you oh. wake oh, during the yes. night? I'm
3: sorry. I'm like, I'm not helping.
1: Right side with my oh, head. Yes. Not a, not upside down like a bat. Sorry. Yeah. I should be more specific. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is how hey, we get to the root of the problem. <laughs> That's right.
1: More specific. Clear with your oh. questions, Leanne. Thank you. Oh, okay.
2: So, no, I, I sleep very instantly, Leanne. So, basically, I can feel like I'm wide awake. And the second I go, I'll just close my eyes for a minute, I wake up the next morning. So, you don't tend to wake up in the middle of the night? Not generally. For, on average, how many hours are you getting? Eight to nine hours a day, for sure. When I started working on ships, um, you don't get that when you work on a cruise okay. ship. And I think that changed my schedule completely. So now I'm usually coherent and able to work well the next day with five hours sleep. I don't like getting five hours sleep. I
1: could sleep 12 hours. No problem. Okay. And do you ever do that on the weekends or when you're not attached to your phone or working? I I can't. My body doesn't let me anymore. So my, my
2: brain wishes I would. My eyes would love to go back to close. But once I wake up, I'm up.
1: All right. So just to circle back around to make sure that there are any other symptoms. So we're looking at this explosive five to seven bowel movements a day. We're looking at the itchiness that's that's cropping up. Uh, we're looking at the swollen fingers uh, that are really doesn't seem to have any particular rhyme or reason. Yeah, rhyme or reason to it. It just sort of happens. And you really haven't noticed a particular food or after you've eaten something that, that it comes to. Okay. So in this case. Um, then what I'm going to do moving forward, because of the way that we're doing this consultation, normally I would have someone fill in a whole questionnaire and then I would have you write out at least three to four days of a food diary. And next to it, then you would write down what those symptoms are. Now, as intimidating as it is to write a food diary for a nutritionist, there's never any judgment. It really just helps me to understand and know what your life is like. So when you're on the road, then I know that you're, going to hit some sort of drive through but what I'm looking for is the correlation between the food and the symptom and with the trained eye with going over it and not being attached to it I can just look at it with that eye then very often things will show up so moving forward that certainly is something that I'm going to ask ask you to do so that we can get to the bottom of that a little bit more these five to seven more explosive bowel movements during the day. Now that definitely is a concern because as soon as a food goes in, it needs time to digest, absorb, and assimilate. And when it's moving through your digestive system that fast, then there it's... your body is not able to pull in those nutrients. First of all, you're probably not digesting your food that well because it's moving through you that quickly. And interestingly enough, and rather sadly, the number one food that can cause that situation is dairy.
2: (laughs) Okay. And my Mm. intake definitely went up in thinking about it that way. And it is amazing to actually look back and think when I started Yeah, I'd say even around the 2011, after that body lift was when I focused on if I was having dairy, I I was having a higher fat choice and it becomes addictive as well right like the more you have the more you want
1: so the 2011 you think then after that surgery then you were having a bit more dairy and actually again so
2: sorry my life is a whole bunch of onions and when I was in Asia so our ship was based in China um, for a while dairy is not very prevalent in the Asian diets that I ingest off the ship Um, I didn't have a lot of anything that had dairy at all and I don't and when when was that cruise ship Stint? I was, well, between 2015 and 2016. Um, and that was okay. also during a time where I'd be walking a lot. Um, okay. I ate and drank whatever I felt like I wanted. So I never had to think about what I was eating, but I was also teaching dance classes. I was performing and I was walking an awful lot. I was averaging about 30 to 35,000 steps a day. I also dropped 45 pounds in the four months that I was on board my last contract in Asia OK, it was a lot more significant than what happened when I was in
1: Mexico. So wheat, dairy, gluten, sugar, those are the foods that we consume the most of. And very commonly, it's going to be one of those that digestively is going to cause the problem. Now, for whatever reason, I have always focused a lot on the digestive system and the gut in everything that I've ever everything that I've ever done. Requested uh, stool samples and sent them off. Not personally, but they just okay. get a kit and, and sent them sent them off. I'm not personally handling the poo myself, um, but but off it goes to uh, to a lab. I used to do that in the beginning of my career a lot, and it's fascinating what would what would show up. But because we're just going to deal with food, especially for listeners, I'm trying to you know I wanted to do this just so we could show correlations and how we can start to think about our health in a different way and then tie it to food because there's such a disconnect of very often when we're just eating anything, but then also trying to tie those things together. In this case, because I do believe that if you're not digesting, absorbing and assimilating well enough, then your body is not going to be nourished and there's just gonna be all sorts of, call it disharmony, You know, call it some sort of health storm or something like that. And the symptoms that you've got as, as random as they seem Seem, then we've got the. If dairy is an issue, then there's also the situation where it is potentially, I mean, it's an inflammatory food anyway, but then we're looking at how your liver and how your gallbladder is you know, is working because that as a fat, the, the cream that you're, that you're adding to your coffee and the cream that you're adding to that soup is also something that needs to, needs to be dealt with. And with all those coffees, that four to five coffees that you're having a day, then your liver is also detoxifying all of that caffeine. What comes up for me in my more analytical brain is where we need to get some digestive support going on. We need to really be mindful of how your liver is keeping up or in the case of where I don't think that it's really keeping up. And because of your age at 46, you're entering into that perimenopausal phase and stage. So that tends to send... Uh, a lot more. Um, mayhem, sort of to the liver and to the gallbladder. And no matter what supplements I would ever recommend for you, it would absolutely come down to let's look at the food and what is not uh, what's not sitting right with you because no matter any type type of supplements that I would suggest or give to you that could be supportive like liver support, gallbladder support, digestive support, whether it's enzymes or probiotics, then if you're still eating the food, every single day. You just can't get over that fact. You can't get over that situation. So very often I'm asking people to do an experiment. What I think for you, in your case, the number one one experiment that I would like to do we've got the hydration you definitely covered number one that's absolutely um, imperative that needs to be there that's very often the first thing that I ask people to uh, to make sure that's going on there you have the hydration side of things but then you have the other side of the fence where you have all of the caffeine and the coffee going in and then you've got the dairy going into that as well. And then the not eating when you're on the road, then you're eating under stress. You're having your mug full in the middle of of a Zoom call, uh, which is good. There are a lot of other soups that. You know, we'll we'll work towards getting in that mug because a day of Zoom calls is totally normal now. You know, it used to be meetings around, you know, around a, a board, you know, in the board room or whatever that happens to be. So maybe you might stop and have lunch, but now it's like back to back to back. And this is what we need to do. We need to make it work for you and your lifestyle. But getting some other kind of soup in your mug without that dairy, without that extra dairy could be a first, one of the first sort of three to four steps that I'm gonna that I'm gonna recommend for you. Because me just saying, okay, so let's just take dairy out of your diet can be can can be really difficult to do and really difficult to wrap your head around. So I'm gonna recommend more of a one, two, three step process. And sometimes people, when I say, okay, can you take the cream or can we find something else to put into your coffee? Or actually, little known fact is black coffee is actually a really healthy thing to have what that can look like. And you can tell me how this would, how this would be for you is either weaning yourself off of the coffee or just going cold Turkey. Definitely do. And
2: and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, I never used to put cream in my coffee. I was a black coffee ah. my whole life. It was okay. again, I think that addiction to cream or that feeling, that comfort that comes from adding yes. the cream in has definitely just kind of snowballed through the years.
1: As a list of my top 3 recommendations for you then, it would be to look at the dairy consumption that you that you have and that would be also with your soup that you're having whenever you might have that when you're out and about if there's cheese on anything if you're going through a drive through it tends to be more processed cheese anyway so how much is really in in a food like that is is a little less negligible but still you know they there's ingredients in there, so but with the amount of coffee that you're having, it seems that milk and cream, because it's full lactose, it's full protein, that seems to be in my experience the worst. Sometimes people can deal a little better with yogurt or, um, or like a not a, like a kefir because it's fermented, but in the case of your itching, you're itchy. Uh, the itchiness that 's there, I do suspect some candida is in there somewhere or another we haven 't quite gone down the antibiotic route but with all of your surgeries i'm i 'm sure there's a lot of them in there either with complications or no complications prophylactically so we will delve into that in subsequent conversations that you and I will have not necessarily on the podcast so listeners know that those are questions that are really important and considerations to take in to, to take into account as well. So in uh, in a bit of a nutshell, there sometimes just jumps out a particular food that we need to experiment with, with taking it out and then see what's left over. It's not always as obvious as the dairy can be. Sometimes it's gluten. And like I said, sometimes it's sugar but there's a place to start and that's the place that I'm going to suggest that you start and if that's your that's your number one thing to do like I said the hydration is there I would love for the frequency of your meals to to be more consistent however I feel that the dairy as the number one thing to do, if that is your main focus to find alternatives for or to navigate around, then that's the perfect place to start. And then your listeners don't have to hear more about my bowel movements. We will see, we will see, right? And that's the point of this is please know that not only for you, but for anybody who's trying something different, that this is not a situation where it's sort of one and done you know is this going to get rid of all of these symptoms not necessarily but but health in in these ways is a lot like like in the layers of an onion so we start here and then we see what happens and what's the effect or what comes of this and then we move on from there so if you're how do you feel about about starting with the dairy i am i'm i told
2: you i am putty in your hands i really am looking forward to getting to the root cause I'm in a place in my life where I am completely comfortable with being transparent. Um, You know, I've gotten over all of my own mental issues when it comes to what I choose and being open about it. So my closet eating behaviors and also just ownership of, I know what my choices are. Um, I may have wanted to not know it was dairy, but I'm completely comfortable with following whatever guidelines you have. I am in a, in a space of compliance. So, um, okay. I'd like to capitalize that on that now and, and really work, uh, towards seeing that change. What kind of time frame do you think it will end up? Like if I'm able to work well to remove that piece. So let's say if I'm, you know, taking cream out of my diet. Yep. What kind of time frame do you think would go by before
1: I start to see or feel an impact on my body? It's very individual. I typically don't ever have to ask anyone to do this for more than a month. Okay. Before and even sometimes within a week, people are feeling different.
2: I think I wanted to set myself up so that way I'm not disheartened because I
1: don't know you but you know when you when you try and change something and you don't see a change you go well forget it and also some people say well I'll just kind of get rid of this bit but I won't get rid of the rest of it which sometimes can give you a little bit of an improvement but not a full-on oh my gosh I don't have diarrhea anymore like let's take that one off the list but oh the itchiness is still there so again that's where the sort of the analogy of the onion comes in because we might there might be um, an improvement in one of your symptoms, but not all. It could be your skin that gets better first. It could be nothing at all, in which case then we will, you know, we'll speak again when I, when I speak with clients in consultation, I'm speaking with them maybe every week or maybe every other week in the beginning, just to make sure that, they're not left on their own for too long and getting to that point of oh maybe if I just put a little bit in here it's okay so we're really are you know when you're ready to do this I actually would like you to send me more of a detailed food diary so that I can help you to find the alternatives to put into whether it's your coffee if you can go to black then that's probably the easiest and fastest thing to do um, but then everything else I'll, I'll go through your food diary with a finer tooth comb which is really why I need the food diary in the first place to say oh actually did you know that there's a little bit of dairy in this or there's a little bit of dairy in that so let's just get rid of it fully so that you don't have to go here again because if you end up not seeing a difference in um, at all then then you can have dairy so there's a two-step process to removing something from your diet so the dairy will come out we'll see what's left over and then you put the dairy back in again and then you see how you feel so there will be a challenge stage but that will depend when that is will depend on how you're feeling in the meantime Okay. So I've distilled it down to not really what I was expecting to say, but that's what happens in consultations, right? When we go through and we're sort of following along on, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together to get to a place, it's very common for a particular food to to show up. We'll talk about probiotics. We'll talk about some supplements offline of, of, of those that I that I feel that you need. And then also listeners can know that I'll Add some of this into the show notes so you can kind of see what uh, what you're doing. And then, you know, of course, anybody else can uh, can give that a try too. Chris. Okay. She hasn't said anything about wine yet.
3: Mm. <laughs> see, what I heard is that you get to keep your wine because she, all she said is don't have cream. So that's uh, what I heard. too. Yeah. So the yeah. wine's fine. So instead of putting cream in your coffee, put wine in it. <laughs> the, you're not helping, Chris. Throw, throw the wine on the uh, on the blueberries <laughs> and the granola. Um <laughs> just use more wine. I that's what I heard. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Well,
3: I happen to know
1: from your notes that listeners wouldn't wouldn't know about that you're having about two glasses of wine a night over the over the evening and we will get to it, don't you worry. Well, but we gotta focus somewhere. We gotta start somewhere. And is your liver loving that wine? Probably not either. But again, let's just start where, you know, kind of where the where the red flag is sticking out the most. Awesome. And for me, then then that's where it is. Sometimes I have to say, can you please take out the coffee? And then that is a whole other ball Ooh, game. Wow. So again, know that that might also come too.
2: Don't let
3: her be a bully, Roseanne. You stick up for yourself, okay?
1: <laughs> I I will do my
2: best at that, and and I will definitely be open to everything. And if we can leave wine to the
1: end for removing it, that's fine too. Any change is a good thing. So if it's one glass instead of two, I'd call that an improvement. Um, you know, things that I will write in in the notes for you that will come following this would be to increase the, the colorful fruits and vegetables in your diet. It does not have to be raw in a lot of cases. Uh, a lot of people don't actually do that well with raw when they have a compromised digestive system, but you know, as much as you can possibly do that, whether it's your HelloFresh meals or it's your cucumbers and things like that, great. Uh, throw in, you know, some more carrots, some beets, some as many greens as you possibly can, nicely wilted. That will go along with your breakfast of your eggs, then some greens on the side of that as well is. Absolutely preferred. So, as many colors as you can get in into your day, more fruits, more vegetables, along with those blueberries. There can be some strawberries and some cherries going in there too. So, I will follow up with uh, with some with some notes on what to include, and then listeners, I'll put that in the show notes so that you can get a little bit of inspiration too. Well, they're definitely getting to see the
2: worst case scenario because I do love my vegetables as well, but this is a much more painted reality of what um, you know my default could be. So hopefully yeah. I'll be able to see a change in
1: that in just in my own approach as well. So this is great. Yeah. Super. Well, thank you so much for, again, for being open, for being vulnerable, for sharing all about your bathroom habits and your bowel movements. You know, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but some people get, you know, a little bit squeamish, but it's an important conversation to have because unless you were as open as you are, then I wouldn't know about that. And that's really hard to to help and support people. So thank you so much. And listeners know that we'll I'll be checking in with Roseanne over the next while. And perhaps we'll do a little, uh, a little add on to the odd episode here and there so that you can hear how she's doing and how her journey is going as well. A little check in to keep me accountable may not be a bad idea. Oh, that's a a very important part of the process. Let me tell you, because if you don't, if you think, oh, I don't, I can just put the cream in, and then nobody's gonna know. No, that's not
3: how I work. Just don't give her. There is
1: accountability. Don't
3: don't don't give her your address (laughs) or your phone number, Roseanne. Just don't give her that those details. It'll be fine. No, we're
1: in this together. That's how I work. That's how I work. We're in this together. So any client that I work with, you know, that you can reach out to me, you can text me, you can say, can I have this and send me a picture of what you think is okay. And then I answer and say, yay or nay. And then that just makes it makes it that much. It, It shows to you that you're not doing this on your own. the most important thing
2: when you're saying pictures though um leanne i'm just wondering is there value to you on the nutritionist side of things with your clients keeping a food diary but also taking a picture of what they're eating. Mm. One thing to say something, but is that more impactful
1: or helpful for you from the other side? It actually is. Now with a lot of my clients, then we have a Google Doc on the go for their food diary, and then they take a picture and then they insert it into that. So because everyone's thought of, oh, I have a salad. And then I'm thinking my kind of salad, but somebody else's version of a salad could be like three iceberg lettuce leaves. And that's not quite in the realm of what I'm thinking of. So cross wires means that somebody's not necessarily eating as much as I would like them to. So it's the perfect way for me to say, okay, that's a great green salad. So let's add in some red peppers. Let's add in some corn or let's add in some more greens, like some peas go on really well for that or some hemp seeds or chia seeds, whatever that looks like, we'll set that up too. I'll add that in. All right, thank you. Well, I look forward to following along on your journey. I really am excited. So thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Eat This with Leanne podcast. Now more with Leanne Phillipson.
1: Thank you so much, Roseanne, for sharing all of your, all these health aspects of your life. I hope that listeners, what she shared for you helps that you feel, as she said off the top, that you're not alone in dealing with the range of symptoms that she's got that don't seem to correlate together. But in my more analytical brain, I see the connecting dots in there. So with my recommendations to her, know that there'll be a little bit more in the show notes as well that you you can take a look at if you're maybe suffering with something similar. Of course, talk to your doctor first. I am a registered nutritionist, but uh, your your healthcare practitioner needs to know about these things too. If that's the way that you roll. Mm-hmm. in the hopes of getting Roseanne to a better place so that she's not suffering with these symptoms, then these next steps that I'm gonna follow along with her will be really, really interesting ones. I thank you for being along on this journey, this different episode entirely from what we normally do when when we do an, an interview. And I'd be really interested to hear what it was that's, you know, that stuck out for you the most. Do you have a similar symptom? Do you know somebody that has a similar symptom? Or is your health your health journey something completely different? Of course, please know that you can always reach out on social media channels. You can reach out through LeannePhillipsen.com or... Or through sproutright.com and I will answer even if it's you know within the next day or two so thank you to Roseanne for being open and thank you listeners for tuning in and I'll just finish off with the usual eat this one mouthful at a time
0: any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at sproutright.com or leannephillipson.com